It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select... Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Be sure to visit rockauto.com. Now joining us as we continue our Southwest Division preview series is the social media coordinator for the Locked On Network, as well as one half of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, one Nick Angstad. What's up, Nick? Shut it down! Let's go What's up, Jackson Gatlin? What's up? What an entrance he makes. Just comes in, (laughs) guns blazing. Guns blazing? Can I say that to you as like the host of Locked Guns Blazing? Just don't, just don't put an emoji horse next to it. That's all I ask. <laughs> oh, man. This show is going to be a train wreck. I can already feel it. With that, let's just we're just going to dive straight in, Nick, because of everything going on right now. One, the Rockets have had an interesting offseason. Things are, you know, very full-blown rebuild mode, all that. The Mavericks have had, I can't call it tumultuous. Just what, some what stuff. Just, just just a few things here and there, and we're going to get into all of that because there's been a whole lot going on just north of Houston, the uh, good old I-45 rivalry. But with that, let's dive in first here, and I got to pick your brain, and we, we got to talk about this. John Wall is on the trade block. He's planning not playing any games for the Houston Rockets. It's, you know, not been at the forefront of some of the possible John Wall trade permutations, but. With the Mavericks striking out in the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes, with the friction between KP and Luka Doncic, Porzingis, is there a Porzingis-John Wall trade that even remotely sounds appealing to you on the surface at all? I don't think if I don't think those two players straight up for each other is interesting to me. First of all, the Mavericks would have to add like ten million dollars to that deal to make it actually work, right? Because KP's making thirty something, John Wall's making forty something, and so you'd have to add. I guess you just add Dwight Powell to that, and maybe that would would make it work. But uh, yeah, if the Mavericks are concerned about KP's health, I don't know if bringing in John Wall solves any of that health concerns at all, right? That all of a sudden becomes maybe even more of a you know, a wild card for you, but it would add that secondary creator would add that other score that they want. And, uh, and John walls like is, has been a good three point shooter in the past, but he's not a great one. And so I'm not sure it solves a problem there for them. So I don't think they would do that. They've been, the Mavericks themselves have been high on and reserved on the fact that we're going to try this Chris Porzingis thing again. We're going to bring him back. It's, uh, 
This has been a bit every time on our podcast. You have to drink every time somebody says it's Chris Alex Porzingis' first healthy offseason as a Maverick. So you got you got to drink something. Uh, Cuban did it today on the radio, and I, I tweeted out everybody drink because it's just it's <laughs> happened. They've mentioned it so many times this offseason, but it is true that this is the first healthy offseason, and so he's uh, hopefully going to look better than he did. Definitely in the playoffs, but hopefully even better than he did during the regular season last year. And that's that's a good play for. So well, first off, and you know, I kind of that's basically where my head was at too. Is it, you know it. It makes sense from a little bit of an angle of, okay, you get the secondary creator next to Luca, maybe take a little bit of the pressure off him. But it's a shorter contract, too. Like, there, there's some other stuff there with that, too. The John Wall deal is only two years. Porzingis has, you know, I think that one extra year. So if you wanted to get off that earlier, get some more cap space for the Mavs. Mavs have struck out on cap space, but they just brought in Nico Harrison to try and appeal to some of these stars out there. Maybe he could do that. So I, there is that kind of an angle. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think it would happen. Isn't there a little bit of hope that at some point Goran Dragic might be able to make his way over to the Mavericks too? We've talked about Goran Dragic so much on Locked On Mavs. It's just every single day and people on YouTube are just like, why do you guys talk about Goran Dragic so much? It's because there's just been rumors and news all the time. feels like every single week during this offseason it's been, well, you know, people around the league, execs around the league, expect Goran Dragic to end up with the Mavericks, expect him to be bought out by the Toronto Raptors. So that is the hope. If he Obviously, if he does ever get bought out by the Raptors and they can't find a trade partner for him and they decide that – they want to let him go and go somewhere else. It feels like Dallas would be the number one place. That would be great. They definitely need a player like him, uh, but it's not a guarantee. It's because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, they are still waiting for this October 1st date where they can trade Moses Brown. And so maybe they do some kind of deal where it's like Dwight Powell, Moses Brown, uh, like Trey Burke or something, and uh, and trade three for one and make that work. They're not allowed to trade Moses Brown until October 1st, so we're waiting until that day until we're like, all right, this is not happening. If you had to place your money on whether you feel like a trade like that is is more likely or do you think it's just Goran Dragic gets bought out a little bit further, what's your gut telling you is going to happen? Yeah, I, I, my gut says that he gets bought out and that they he, eventually, whether it's it's not the beginning of the season, but the Raptors will play the season and get, you know, not have a great start to the season and then eventually just buy him out around the trade deadline and, and sign him. That's my gut reaction with it. But I don't know, lots can happen between now. The trade deadline is in months. Like so many things can happen between now and then. They could do any, the Raptors could do anything, I guess. So much can take place, absolutely. Now, but before we dive into exactly what the Mavericks, the the number of different changes that the organization has gone through this past offseason, as well as you know expectations for this upcoming season, all that good stuff, we got to start with just how this last season ended with the playoff series where the home team was not allowed to win games. Um, so that was all kinds of fun. They go out in seven till against the, the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, till till until the until the bitter end. Unfortunately. What was the immediate reaction following this, you know, that that seven game series? Was there like was there a sense of just like urgency, defeat? Was it what was the vibe coming out of, you know, the Mavericks camp immediately after that series? Yeah, coming from definitely fans and, and you know, the, the Mavericks camp, there's disappointment for sure. They got so close. And even in that game seven, they were close. But that game six, you, you look back on Kawhi Leonard had the game of his life. And that's a guy that's won two finals MVPs. He had to have the game of his life in order for the Mavericks to win. Uh, the Mavericks were obviously up 2-0. They were up 3-2 at, at different points during the this, this series. And so you expected with the number, people start throwing out the numbers. Well, 90% of the time, if a team goes up 2-0, they win a series. And all that, you know, whatever the number was when they go up 3-2. 
So they just needed to win one more, couldn't get it done. And so definite disappointment. And then I think most of it went towards, okay, Christoph Porzingis, they have to trade him. It felt like right after the, the playoffs, they had to trade him. They had to make a move for him. And Isaac and I always resolved that they needed to do something between Rick, Donnie, and Christoph Porzingis. They couldn't just run back all three of those guys. Donnie Nelson being the president of basketball operations, Rick Carlisle, the coach, and then obviously Christoph Porzingis. They had to do something with one of those three. And instead, Rick Lee, Donnie Nelson gets fired, and Rick Rick Carlisle uh, mutually agrees to part ways. I guess we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, he decides to leave. And so they made big moves in the front office for a team that hasn't made a ton of moves. Donnie Nelson has been with the Mavericks since like the eighties. Like neither of us were born when Donnie Nelson started with the Mavericks. Uh, Rick Carlisle has been there since 2000 or since uh, he's been there 13 years. So yeah, that's like 2000, whatever math, but yeah, it's been, it's been a while that those guys have been there. And so now they bring in Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, Chris Porzingis stay. So they didn't make a ton of moves in the off season, as far as players, they didn't move a whole bunch of pieces around, but the front office and all that has, has definitely turned over and has been uh, pretty wild how, how big of a difference it's been with those two guys. But between you saying math and me saying words on this very podcast, like we I mean, didn't go we to school have, for this. We, right? like, <laughs> we, we don't have linguistics covered. We don't have numbers covered. Like, what do we have covered on this thing? They don't oh, teach God. you that in college anymore. <laughs> The education system in America is a sham. Teach you how to uh, use spark notes in college. They teach you how to cheat in college. Let's be honest. Um, anyways. All right. Well, we've kind of set the, set the table here with what's going on with the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to figure out exactly what the most surprising thing was that happened this offseason, as well as, you know, which moves were the most important that the Mavericks have made. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, when it comes to protein bars, if you've never had a protein bar that you actually enjoyed, then you've got to check out Built Bar. They have so many amazing flavors that you can choose from. Raspberry, mint chocolate brownie, coconut brownie chunk, my personal favorite. Can't go wrong with a single flavor on their menu. Every single bar, low cal, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose a little bit of weight. Maybe you're just trying to stay where you're at, right? Sometimes I just grab a couple Built Bars when I'm headed out, you know, the door in the morning, headed to work, whatever. Again, take them with you when you go into the gym. Whatever you need them for, they're great. They're tasty. They're not gritty or chalky like some of the other protein bars on the market. They really are the best protein bar. And you can check them out. Just visit built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Nick, this offseason for the Mavericks, it felt just like a hurricane. It were at day, you know, there were some days where there was just news about the Mavericks, it seemed like every single day for a little while. What to you was the most surprising bit of news that, that really stood out to you this past offseason? I know there's a lot to choose from, but the one that you really is the standout thing to you. The standout thing to me, the one that surprised me the most that I about you know the Mavericks, 
was yesterday when we learned that Satnam Singh is signed a deal with AEW Wrestling because that was the farthest thing from something that I expected to happen. Uh, yeah, Satnam Singh, if you guys remember, he was drafted by the Mavericks, the first Indian-born player to be drafted into the NBA. He signed a deal with AEW Wrestling. So that was the most surprising thing. Okay, all right. Well, then, <laughs> seeing as how you ruined my question, let me reiterate the most surprising and yet pertinent to the current iteration of the Dallas Mavericks, the most relevant surprising news. I love that this is how, always how our podcasts go every single time. I just... <laughs> we can, because we're... <laughs> They just awful. go downhill. No, I, I think that <laughs> so quickly. I think both Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle both being out together. That to me, the combo of those two was probably the most surprising thing. Uh, I was not surprised that that Rick Carlisle left. That was that was kind of that seemed like it was coming. But the Donnie Nelson one was there was not really any like rumors or anything like that coming from uh, Mavericks camp about that and all that stuff about Haralaba, all the the Mark Cuban, the decisions, all that just seemed to sort of like explode into one all right we're making a decision we're moving on from donnie nelson and uh yeah that was surprising that both of those guys are now gone because the mavericks had been touting their stability for a long time right like 13 years they've had donnie nelson in charge of player op you know player operations and then rick carlisle in charge of coaching that's a long time for for those two jobs i mean think about how many how many different like how many coaches have the kings had in that amount of time like 13 years you know what i mean like there's just some teams that have had probably 10 coaches in that time and the mavericks only had one iteration of that and so uh their stability turned into now they've got these big question marks nico harrison is a big question mark jason kidd is another big question mark and of of those different big question marks that you have i mean you talk about the the stability aspect of that. Is there a feeling that this was the, ultimately the right way for this franchise to go? I mean, obviously you've got Luka Doncic, a young budding star in the NBA who's going to be a top five player in this league for years to come. You know, was this ultimately the right timing, the right decision for this to happen? I mean, I I can't help but feel like there was maybe just a little bit of pain there being it, it being the Clippers again that eliminated the Mavericks, you know, in the playoffs, I don't know if that might've, you know, played into it a little bit where, you know, Carlisle's looking at it like, okay, what are we doing here? But ultimately, you know, so there can be something, something to be said for a fresh start, right? Fresh faces, you know, being brought into the organization, that kind of thing. hundred percent. I think it was time for a fresh voice in the front office for sure. Donnie Nelson been there a long time and the Mavericks kept kind of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. They, they did make the move to get Luca, so you kind of give Don Nelson a pass for a while. They made the trade for Porzingis, and so that was a pretty great trade at the time and is still pretty solid now, even if you look back. A couple of first-round picks in Dennis Smith Jr. for Porzingis. I think you'd still probably do that. Um, and so, yeah, but around the edges, like all, all the stuff around the edges, it felt like they weren't really getting a lot of results, weren't really getting any uh, you know, uh, solid progress in. They kept trying to do the, all right, Dry powder, we'll try to get cap space, we'll try to bring in a third star, second star, you know, whatever. They kept trying to do that over and over again. And it just it just didn't work again and again and again for whatever reason. There's been multiple reasons. Either Mark Cuban was filming Shark Tank, Donnie Nelson made a, a terrible pitch to somebody. Like, there's just so many different things over the years that have happened. And so it did seem like they needed, they had punted on the draft and did probably a pretty bad job in the 2020 draft with three pretty decent draft picks for the Mavericks. And so it, it just seemed like they needed a change there. Rick Carlisle, he was probably coming to the end of, of his as well. Just that, like you said, a fresh voice needed to happen for him. They just keep, you know, trying to do the same thing over and over again. Rick can be pretty prickly to try and work with everyone with media for sure. And probably with players as well. And so that can be, 
after a while that can, you know, like uh, that can become tough <laughs> to deal with. And they just decided to uh, to make a move there. So of the let's let's move over to some of the on the court stuff that we got going on as far as players coming and going uh, Mavericks retaining, you know, bringing back uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Four years, seventy five million dollars. Uh, Boban Marjanovic comes back on a two year deal. Willie Cauley Stein comes back on a team option. And uh, then past that, you're bringing in a bunch of new faces. You got Reggie Bullock, Sterling Brown, Moses Brown, who you mentioned, you know, might be. You know, in, you know, he threw his name in there already in a trade rumor, possibly or trade possibility, I should say, uh, of the handful of free agents that were brought back and uh, maybe just out of the new ones. You know, who are you most looking forward to seeing in a Mavericks uniform? Yeah, I think Reggie Bullock is a guy I'm really interested in. I think that is a guy that obviously comes in and fills. He's not maybe going to be the most fun to watch, but he's a guy that brings in solid shooter. He's been a 40 percent shooter the last couple of years, bring, going to bring in solid defense. He. He had some run-ins with the Mavs over the last couple of years with the Knicks where you're like, dang, that's a guy that you just you hate to play against and you love to have on your team. So it's great to have him on the Mavericks for sure. So Reggie Bullock is a guy. Moses Brown is really interesting to me because he's got all these tools. He had those 2020 games last year, and he, he's super young, super like raw. like the second coming of Wilt in some of those games where you're just Sometimes. Like, how, how, you're like, how many boards does he have at halftime? Like, what? Yes. And so you just wonder, okay, can – Next to Luca, possibly, can he just become the best version of a rim running center that the Mavericks have just desperately needed? Uh, and you know, like you've seen what Dwight Powell has turned into over the last couple of years, like a solid rim running center. And Luca has turned him into that. Willie Collins Stein into that. So if he could get a guy with like actual crazy physical traits, then maybe that's a guy that, that that's the guy I'm most interested to like just watch on the basketball court and see if if they don't make that trade and they actually do play with him. If he gets any time with Luca, how does he look? You know, I think for the better part of like the last, you know, decade or so, if you were a rim running big, you wanted to be on the same team as James Harden because he was going to get you paid. I think for the next decade or so, if you are a rim running big in the NBA, you are looking to see if the Dallas Mavericks have an opening on their roster because Luka Doncic will get you paid as a rim running big. If you can catch passes and finish at the rim, you're going to get a paycheck at some point. Or a shooter, right? Like you look at the, co- the contract Tim Hardaway Jr. just signed. Is he signing that at the end of his time with the Knicks? I don't think so. It's still a lower deal than a lot of people expected for him, but that's a bigger deal than he would have got the time of the trade when they traded him when the, the Knicks traded him to the Mavericks he was like the tax for Porzingis right like they added him because yeah. he was this long contract that the Mavericks had to take on in order to get Kristaps Porzingis and he's at some points over the last couple of years has been the best player in the deal like right I mean I was gonna say at some points he's been the second best player on the Mavericks so I mean yeah like true yeah there we go. But, uh, you know, w- with with these offseason moves that they've made, Nick, do you feel that they've addressed any of the holes that were in the roster or any of the big glaring question marks of the offseason with with some of these additions? Yeah, they definitely need to get better on defense. That's a huge thing that they need to get better at. They just need to be better than like 18th or 16th in, in defense <laughs> where they were the last couple of years. So Bullock is definitely a big part of that. He adds a lot to that. Uh, Sterling Brown's another guy that should come in and add a little bit of you know defensive uh, tenacity on the wings. So that should be it. Frank Nilakina. Maybe he brings something. He's kind of the wild card. Him and Moses Brown are both kind of wild cards. Uh, Moses Brown, not necessarily a defensive wild card, but uh, Frank Nilakina is a guy you're like, all right, maybe we bring him in every once in a while if they need to stop, if they need to slow somebody down. That's another defensive guy they brought in. Josh Green is a guy that Jason Kidd has mentioned like one young player this whole offseason, and it's Josh Green that he wants to develop and give him minutes and and all that. He's supposed to be a defensive player. And so you're like, all right, well, a couple of those players, maybe if a couple of those hit, that really helps the Mavericks on the defensive end, and that's what they really need. 
Coming up, we're going to find out about the expectations for the Mavericks coming up this season, as well as maybe taking a look around the rest of the division, figuring out how this division is going to truly shake out. Is there a clear power structure in this division? And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Because look, why would you want to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same car parts, right? Why would you want to drive down the street, go in person to a, like, to a regular chain store, you get there, you're like, hey, I need this part for my car, and they're like, oh, we don't even carry that. Just, you know, we, we don't keep that in the shop. No, just visit rockauto.com. Their catalog is really easy to navigate. You can quickly find whatever brands and specifications that you need for your car or truck. You just click through their, click through all the different options on their website. You're going to be able to track down exactly what you need and you're going to get it for cheaper. If you're a DIY person, why would you want to spend more money to be able to fix your car yourself? Just visit rockauto.com, check out their catalog, really easy to navigate. And here's the important part. When you're checking out, when you head to you know the checkout option, be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Be sure to visit rockauto.com. And another message from our friends over at betonline.ag because look, Football is back. College football, professional football. You've got pro basketball right around the corner. MLB still going strong. They've also got you covered for UFC, MMA, you name it. They've got it over at Bet Online. As always, it's the number one spot for all of your betting action. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football, everything basketball, everything baseball, everything betting over at Bet Online. So head over to their website and sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use promo code locked on or promo code NFL 100. Again, that's promo code locked on or NFL 100 for a 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. That's football, basketball, boxing, UFC, MMA, you name it, all over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Continue our conversation with Nick Angstad of the Locked on Mavericks podcast. Now, Nick, with going into this next season, is there, has the, have the rumors or has the, you know, discontentment from the Luka Doncic camp been overblown or is there, are there some expectations there where, hey, like you're looking around, DeAndre Ayton makes a finals run. Trey Young, Eastern Conference Finals run, you know, a, a lot of deep playoff runs for those guys. Is Luka getting a little angsty about what the Mavericks have going on? And, and do they have to make a significant push this season or fear, you know, the worst, which would be a trade request or, you know, Luka just saying, hey, I'm, I'm unhappy. Send me somewhere else. Angsty, pun intended, right? <laughs> Nick Angsty, that's all I'm going to call you from now on. <laughs> I think it's overblown. I think that he was upset about, uh, you know, obviously the Haralabob Valgara story comes out. He's the guy in the front in, that Mark Cuban hired to be head of analytics and come in and help them to try and figure out different lineups and things like that. And there was some tension between him and Rick Carlisle and then Rick Carlisle, Luca, Luca, and, and Haralabob Valgara. like there's this weird, like, angsty triangle, right? If you want to use that word. And so, like, there was stuff there. Now, Haralabob is gone. Rick, Car Rick Carlisle is gone. So now you start the sl slate clean, hopefully, with. You know, there, but Luke could signed his extension. If he was really upset, he wouldn't have signed the extension, right? Or he would try to use something to hold over the Mavericks' head. Now, maybe in today's NBA, you can still sign the extension and sign the deal and get traded like a year later. Like that definitely happens in the NBA now, but I think it is overblown a little bit. I think the Porzingis and Lucas stuff is a little overblown from people. It's not like they're like 
they're not Shaq and Kobe, right? Where they hate each other and they just uh, are just like workplace associates. I think Luca and KP are okay with each other. KP gets upset when Luca doesn't pass him every single time he's open, but like that's you know. <laughs> that's normal like basketball thing that happens. So I think some of that is overblown. So I think Luca's fine where he is. I think his relationship with Jason Kidd will be fascinating the way that we see it this year. Can Jason Kidd push the right buttons? Can Jason Kidd, you know, create a good relationship with him? The big thing we've heard about, well, the positive for Jason Kidd is this great relationship he had with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, well, can you do that same thing with a Luka Doncic who's already established instead of a Giannis who kind of gets along with everybody and is also and is also uh you know was a young up and coming player that they kind of helped develop and get to a place where he can be, you know, this all-star crazy great guy. When it comes to Jason Kidd, one that was, you know, that was a hire that had a lot of, you know, a lot of question marks around it and uh, you know, a lot of scrutiny uh with that decision, you know, you can point to you know, Chauncey Billups up with the with the Blazers as well as another head coach with, you know, a checkered past, we'll say. As far as that hire goes from just a, a basketball perspective, do you think that was the right move for the Mavericks? Yeah, all the stuff you talk about before, the off-the-court stuff, I, I don't think it was the right hire. On the basketball side of things, I don't think it was the right hire either, right? Like there's, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the great history of a, like you want a, a coach to come in that, that can help this team win now that can take him to the next level. And I don't know if Jason Kidd has, has proven that he can be a coach like that. Now, maybe this, and this is what everyone's betting on all Mavs fans. The Mavericks themselves are betting on Jason Kidd took two years with the Los Angeles Lakers under Frank Vogel, where a lot of people thought that he was going to be this drama and he was going to be, you know, the TikTok. He was the coach it, in waiting. He was the he was coach the, in He waiting. was going to be that TikTok trend that's like, is it me? Am I the drama? Like, he was he was supposed to be that for the Lakers. And he wasn't at all. He was, he was you know, did his job, went in there, hopefully learned from coaching LeBron, coaching Anthony Davis, coaching under a, you know, a championship winning coach in Frank Vogel now and all that stuff. And hopefully he he learned and, and grew over that time and now has become a much better coach because of it. That's what they're. That's what the Mavericks fans and the Mavericks themselves are banking on. Can that happen? Is that a long shot? Sure, but you're still banking on some stuff. If he's the exact same coach that he was in Milwaukee, if he's just been sitting there biding his time, like, all right, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna like pay my dues, and I'm gonna go back, and I'm gonna show him that I can do this old school stuff I was doing in Milwaukee. Then I don't think that's gonna work. I don't think that's. It's definitely not gonna work with Chris Alps Porzingis. Luca may just go along with whatever because he just loves basketball and will just play, but. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how he, he carries this team. And yeah, I don't know if he was I don't think he was the right coach on a basketball side for sure. What's your expected starting five for the Mavericks and then follow up past that? Who do you expect to be the the core rotation players for this uh this upcoming campaign? Yeah, if you look at some of the obvious ones, like you start with Luca, Porzingis, those guys are obviously gonna start. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. probably starts. I think he got that with that that contract. Uh there may be times when throughout the year where they go with him as a six man, but I think Tim Hardaway Jr. will start. Uh, we also think Dorian Finney-Smith will continue to start. Dorian Finney-Smith, and him and him, Dwight Powell, Maxi are all kind of interesting role player guys because Rick Carlisle loved them. And so he put them in so many different situations, but we don't know if Jason Kidd loves these guys. Uh, I think Dorian will still start, but, but we'll see. Reggie Bullock, they just signed him to, that's like the first, you know, big deal that this new front office and regime hired and, and brought in. So maybe they'll want him to start instead. Uh, or start instead of Maxi Kleba at the four. So I think that's going to be your core there. Luca, KP, Dorian, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., and either Reggie Bullock or, or Maxi. All right, and then the the kind of main like four to five guys off the bench rotation that you're expecting to get significant burn? 
Yeah, so that's like the, that's the six, I guess, that I named with with Bullock and, and Maxi kind of being the swing there. Uh, Jalen Brunson, this is a huge year for him. Uh, he's coming into it like his what third, fourth year, and so he's gonna be he's gonna be massive for this team if he can take a step forward, especially if they don't get a Dragic or nobody else comes in. Uh, he's gonna be huge off the bench for them. And then after that, you're looking at the Mavs have like six centers right now. They have so many guys that can play center. You're trying to figure out and sift through who Jason Kidd likes and who they're actually going to play. Rick Carlisle, love Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, loved Dwight Powell. The organization loves Dwight Powell and really like him. So maybe he takes that spot. Willie Colley Stein, they brought him back on a team option. Did they just bring him back to be part of a trade? He hasn't been part of a trade yet. So does that mean that this front office loves him and wants him to play? Moses Brown is a center. Boban, you know, is going to be playing in some matchups, but that's just sort of what comes with the territory with him and so center wise there's a bunch of different directions they could go with it maybe they just can maybe they just let those guys uh like draw cards or straws or whatever and decide who gets to play but uh you have those guys josh green according to jason kidd is going to be playing some minutes and getting some burns so he should be playing sterling brown they brought in hoping he gets some minutes so that that's sort of it's kind of up in the air there's like the the main guys to make the main six or seven and then there's like these wild cards of Josh Green, the centers, Sterling Brown. You have real young guys, Moses Brown, uh, Tyrell Terry, Frank Nilakina still. Yeah, that, that's sort of how it, it plays out for them. I, I think to be able to decide which center actually gets the minutes, Boban should hold the ball as high as possible. And whoever ta- like taps it out of his hand first, that's who gets the minutes. Like, Moses that Brown may be able to, to get that like with his teeth, like just like... like- bite the ball and be able to take it from his hand. Oh my goodness. Like At that Bobby point, for more, apples. more power to him than if he can do it. Um, <laughs> all right. So with, with where things are at with the Mavericks and kind of, we've, we've kind of revisited some of the storylines that have happened this past off season with them. What is the expectation for this season? What is the, I, I can't, I don't want to say what the best case scenario is. What's the bare minimum for this season to be considered a success for the Dallas Mavericks? To be considered a success, I think they'd have to win a playoff series. I think that's the bare minimum because now it's been two years in a row. You've lost in the first round. Two years in a row, it's been the exact same team. And that that team doesn't have their main guy anymore, right? He's he's out and maybe he'll come back for the playoffs, but I doubt it. So now all of a sudden, you, this team has to take another step forward. And that, that's, the, that's the bare minimum for them. If they make the playoffs and they lose in the first round again, maybe they make some major changes again or something happens. But yeah. So- is the bare minimum enough though at this point? Like, like you know, kind of already alluded to the situation with Luca and whatnot. Do you think that just winning a playoff series and then does it maybe depend on how like that second series go? Like, let's say they get through the first round, yeah. you know, it's a hard fought six game series or something. They make it to the second round. If they get like, you know, swept or a gentleman's sweep, you know, does it have to be a competitive seven game series? Like, obviously, how you lose kind of matters in this league, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it all is going to depend on matchups. I mean, it just always comes down to that in the NBA. So, yeah, if they do get swept in the next round, it depends on, on is it Porzingis again? Does Porzingis, he just can't play against certain matchups? And so you're like, all right, we have to make a big decision here, and we have to trade him, or we have to do something uh, to just get off of his contract, maybe. Maybe they decide to, to go that direction if that happens. But I think if they win a playoff series, that's a big step for this team. Um, but if things swing the right way, like, they could be the Blazers of a couple of years ago. Things swing the right way and they make the Western Conference Finals. Like, I think that could happen for this team. So, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see because it, it's all going to come down to who they play, right? Like, the regular yeah. season matters a lot because they're going to want that home court advantage. They're going to want the better matchup. They're going to want – but sometimes in the West, there's not a good matchup, right? <laughs> the Rockets know that years and years of sometimes you just run into the wrong team. Hey, man. 
I'm just look. We're just rebuilding now, okay? Like this is great. I, you know, I just there's no expectations. Just I mean, yeah, you're out of the, you're out of it now. Every night, it's it's gonna be awesome. You know, <laughs> no, no more rat racing for the Houston Rockets, at least for the time being. Um, but wh- where, you know, what are your expectations as far as where you see the Mavericks finishing this season? You know, I, I've kind of when I've looked through the Western Conference and the talent level of the the you know upper echelon teams of the West and how I think the playoff picture is gonna round out. I've still kind of got that the Mavericks in that five to like seven ish territory. I don't want to, I really don't want to put them in the play in. And I feel like if they do fall into the play and it's going to be like that top spot, but where do you see them falling? Yeah, I think they're they're Yeah. Like you said, like, I think if, they, if everything breaks right, Porzingis looks so much better than last year. The Mavericks last year did lose a lot of games to COVID. Uh, they had the Josh Richardson thing where, you know, Josh Richardson lost games to COVID, but he also just was not great in the times that he did play. And so Reggie Bullock should be a big upgrade there. And so they got a little bit better as a team. Hopefully we'll lose less games to COVID than they did last year. I think they had the second most missed games to COVID after the Boston Celtics. So there's a huge, uh, hopeful, uh, there's a huge hopeful like area where they don't deal with that this year. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we can uh, progress a little bit more and, and be back to the, the mean. And so home court advantage out of the play-in, that's where I feel like they're going to be. That four, five, six, I feel like that's sort of the sweet spot for them. Because the other teams in the West, like the Jazz and Suns, they didn't change anything. They're going to be right back where they were unless they deal with injuries. Uh, they didn't last year. Lakers should probably be better. They dealt with a lot of injuries last year. Everybody, Anybody else? Like Nuggets, Clippers, they got questions. Blazers have questions. Warriors have questions. And so all those teams, I feel like, are just going to all be jumbling up. And they may all be have the same record at the end of the year. And they may just be like one or two games apart by the end of it. Let's just do it. Let's just have a cool like five way tie for like spots four through eight, just you know, like whatever in the Western like, Conference. Sweet eight play in games. Let's just- there we go. <laughs> It'll be tons of fun. Um, one more for you here, Nick. And this one we can kind of go back and forth on if, if we have to. But is there currently in your eyes a clear power structure in the Southwest Division or at least if you were going to sit here, can you, can you, can I remember who's clearly, in the Southwest division? Like, man, I don't know. Can sometimes, you? <laughs> sometimes I can't, right? Okay. <laughs> a clear power structure in the, in the West. So Southwest. So like, I think it's obvious. I mean, Mavericks Grizzlies last year, they, they were in the playoffs. So I think you have to put them probably second Pelicans. I guess the Pelicans hope that they can take a step forward. Now there's pro- there's all kinds of turmoil that NOLA.com reported on the other day that made Jake Madison play the piano on his podcast. Like that, that's a, if, that's if you a haven't whole thing seen that, there. just, I'm just going to throw that out there. You got to go check out <laughs> locked on Pelicans on YouTube and yeah. go see Jay. He was just on this show doing the breakdown for the Pelicans for our Southwest division preview series. Go do us a favor, go check out Jake's show. He's amazing. And you don't want to miss out the uh, spectacular piano performance. <laughs> So then, yeah, I think that's pretty clear. It's Mavs, Grizzlies, Pelicans, and then between Spurs and Rockets, the Spurs are so the Spurs are so weird. They have all these like young, solid players, but they've been in the league for a little while now, and so they lose Demar Derozan. Is that enough to even the odds between the the Rockets and the and the the Spurs? I don't know. Still got Greg Popovich. They're gonna play some really great defense. They got really good defensive players. So maybe they're just gonna be that team that is so annoying to play. They're just gonna win some games that teams just. You know, kind of, they're like, oh, we can take the night off. They don't have any stars. We don't have to worry about them. And then they're like, oh, they win a game 85 to 86. <laughs> Something like that. So I think the Spurs are maybe one step above the Rockets right now because your Rockets are so young. I think I tweeted the other day, they have eight guys that were born after 2000. And that's a yeah. lot of, that's a lot of super young guys on this team. And super young teams just don't win in this league. 
they, they went from being one of the oldest teams in the association to now being one of the youngest teams in the span of less than 14 months. It's crazy. Whatever it was from when we went to the bubble to now, which is, yeah, not even 14 months. I mean, we're talking like 12, about a calendar year from oldest team in the league or one of oldest teams in the league, I think like third or fourth oldest to now one of the youngest. It's insane. It's been a crazy turnaround. 14 uh, months is like a quarter of Kenyon Martin Jr.'s life, right? <laughs> something like that yeah he's he's just and you know what's funny is at summer league he was the uh he was the grizzled veteran of the group too at summer league it was the funniest thing he didn't get a chance to do summer league last year because of covid and all that other stuff so like you know he was robbed of that opportunity and then he's out there and he's the oldest kid there of the bunch and he's still just 19 and you're like what um but yeah that's i mean it's been fun uh anyways nick i really appreciate you taking the time to come in here to talk dallas mavericks uh with me as as much as I don't like talking Dallas Mavericks because of the <laughs> Rockets Mavericks rivalry, because rivalry of, because had of to what? Bring him. Because of what? <laughs> Worst drops ever. I want to kick you out of here, but first, uh, go ahead and let our listeners know where to track you down at if they're interested, if they're, I guess, masochists and they want to learn more <laughs> about the Dallas Mavericks. Hey, it's fun watching Luca. Every once in a while, you gotta you gotta cheat on your franchise a little bit. Have, have an affair with the Dallas Mavericks, and you fo- go follow us on uh, YouTube, Locked On Mavericks. Uh, I'm at Nick Van Exit on Twitter. All right, Nick. Always a pleasure to talk hoops with you. Thanks for jumping on the show. Anytime. All right, that's going to do it for our show today. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, free and available on every single platform you can imagine. But as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.